and gentlemen, welcome back to the official, unofficial Prince Podcast. How about that? <laughs> I should get some t-shirts say, yeah, we're the official, unofficial podcast on Prince. But anyway, welcome back. We are here. My name is Michael Dean. Joining me today, Mr. Big Sexy in Sacramento. How you doing, sir? Doing all right, man. Uh, just dealing with this virus and, you know, having court from the house, which is actually convenient. <laughs> wow. Okay. So you guys like Zoom or something? Exactly. We're Man, we are all over Zoom at this courthouse. Also joining us, Mr. Ant Pooh, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. It was a up and down week, but I finished on top. Pause. And doing great for the weekend. All right. All right. Um, before we move on to the main topic here, I want to give some shout outs, man. And first of all, first, I want to shout out all of our Patreon supporters. Uh, man, from the bottom of my heart, we so appreciate uh, the support and you guys being on here. Some of you have been on for a couple years now. Uh, just so really thank you. And believe me, uh, when I say keep the lights on, I mean, literally. Uh, so know that your contributions to that definitely go to a good place. And not over here balling or buying up all this. This is literally to like support this, this what we're doing. So I just want to make sure that you know that I very much support or appreciate your support. I'm, I'm nervous. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much. And that's to all the Patreon supporters. Um, also, I want to shout out some of the other people out here in the Prince community is like so active right now. I love it. Um, it's like, it's like a seminar season out here. Cause you know, now everybody is forced to be at home. So people are getting very creative and uh, creating their own um, uh, symposiums, you know, the seminars and the different talks. And I just, I love it, man. I think it's dope. So I want to shout out a few people, uh, D'Angela, uh, who does the the symposiums? I can't even talk about it. But shout out to D'Angela. Uh, she is just continuing to push forward and doing a lot of great Prince events. Uh, really love it. Uh, shout out to Dr. Funkenberry. You know, he's doing his thing. I see him stepping up, doing these great interviews and live streams and stuff. Salute to him. Salute to uh, Peach and Black. Uh, is continuing to put out great content. Uh, I've been seeing, I see the alerts come up on my uh I see them on Instagram, but I'm sure they're on all the other things. But salute to those brothers. Uh, Prince's friend continuing to push out great content, doing his thing, uh, hitting milestones on YouTube. Salute. Also, uh, salute to, um, I, don't, I don't have the names of these sisters, but salute to them. So uh, the Paisley brunches they've been doing with the ladies. I think it's Tanya, I, I want to say. But man, major salute. I love it keep it going we need more different types of diverse opinions and i always felt like you know uh, the ladies sh sh should know more about prince and can speak to it on the whole way we can't because because he's talking to y'all most of the time so i love it uh oh here come the here come the simp go ahead <laughs> no i ain't gonna be the simp i'm like you said the ladies can i'm like yeah, i don't man. know the last couple podcasts you've done mr dean i think you can speak to it oh no i'm, I'm i no we we can't everyone can speak to it but i'm just saying like we don't no i was, I was talking about your hear, uh, suspect stuff i hear you go oh ah, you got your jokes okay let me write that down we'll revisit that <laughs> hey you got me <laughs> 
we'll revisit that. Um, but yeah, salute to them and also salute to uh, Violet Reality. Uh, he's been doing his thing. Casey Rain with the um, like the facts you didn't know, and he's just going down through the albums, uh, uh, getting great success and views on YouTube. And I, you know, it's dope because I think all of this stuff, as much as we're all into Prince and uh, we know all about it, there are way more people who this is their first time learning about Prince. So all of the stuff that we put out, they're, they're getting this as like education, like, oh, wow, Prince is bigger than I thought. The, the rabbit hole is much deeper. So all of that just contributes to giving more Prince information and education out there. And that's a great thing because that's what keeps it going. And of course, salute to the, to the estate, uh, you know, releasing the albums and stuff keeping it going so we salute everybody we support everybody you know because we love some prince and so anyone who is pushing our prince i'm with it so just wanted to get that out there now today we are going to talk about the times second album uh what time is it? And i'm not butchering the name of that album what time is it yeah what time is it which for me is my favorite time album and I'm arguing that this is actually one of Prince's funkiest albums ever, in my opinion. And I also wanted to dive into it again, looking at it now in 2020. Um, and I'm sure we've reviewed this album before many years ago. So we're not necessarily going to review the album. But I think here's the thing I will say this. I think now albums like this and albums like the family which we'll talk a little bit about here later i think now is important for them to be reintroduced into the marketplace into you know the world as prince albums because most people know who morris day is a lot of people you've heard of morris day even people that don't necessarily follow prince hardcore You've, you've seen Morse and you, you know, the bird, you know, this, these songs are, you know, synonymous in pop culture, but st I feel a lot of people still don't really know that Prince actually made these songs. You know, of course us fans know all this. And, you know, we remember back in the day, that was the whole allures that you didn't know necessarily if Prince did it or not, you know, they was affiliated, but you didn't really know, no. And when you put out things like the originals project that they put out and you get to hear Prince singing like Jigglos Get Lonely too, and you get to hear him through a lot of these songs. I think that type of stuff is great because now looking at Prince in a more historical context, you can see that, yo, this dude not only just did Kiss and all these songs that you've sort of seen in pop culture references and, you, and you've heard these songs before, but he did all of these other dope ass songs that were just presented to us as if they were for somebody else i think it's important to know that yes not only did prince produce but he sang those songs too like those are his songs and like to be able to look at he came out with like this album you know or the same time 1999 drops which is a phenomenal record right that just you know they just did a special edition on that and that was a deep dive into that album and all of the songs that created during that time but I think it's just as important to be able to say like, yeah, 779311, that's a bank certified banger. That's certified prints. Like 
to just be able to to brand it as that. I just think it, it's important culturally. So there's no, I mean, I understand back then how Prince wanted to, you know, keep that separate and wanted to have all these different things going on. But now I don't think there needs to be no mystery about it. It just needs to be like, yo, this was a bad motherfucker. Like he could do an album on this other stuff, his own stuff, and then come and give you just certified songs that till this day, Morris Day is still on the road performing these songs and never get old. Uh, and I just feel like there needs to be a release where it's, you know, of course, it's the time, but to have Prince's name and or picture or at least the, the story of it to be like, yeah, man, this dude was incredible. Like he was doing songs that a normal person would have been like, uh, The Walks? I said, Why would I give that to somebody else? <laughs> Those songs is hits. But he was like, yeah, y'all got that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna so I just that's kind of where I wanted to kind of go in this conversation. But I wanted to see what you guys thought about it too. You know, what were some of your fra- favorites from this album? Um, some some big sexy man. What do you what do you think of of this thought that you know is it time to really spotlight that these are true Prince songs? <clears throat> yeah, definitely because of the fact that. When you boil it all down, like you said, this was all Prince. Uh, I know Morris was involved in it. I don't know how deep he was because I was listening to the album last night and I really gave the song 777-9311 a deep, deep listen. And when you hear that the second half of the song is pretty much instrumental and you hear this amazing drum line and then beyond that, you hear this blistering solo, which was Prince, not Jesse. And then you hear the bass. Again, Prince, not Terry. And all of them are just on point. It's like he, he wrote a master class with that one song. It's amazing. Now, <clears throat> culturally, that hit when I was you know still in high school. And everybody had to get their baggies on. Morris, at at least where I come from, over in Oakland, <clears throat> Morris Day put the end to Sergio Valente, <laughs> Jordash. He squashed all that. Because if you weren't wearing baggies, you wasn't in. It was that simple. And everybody had to get them baggies out. Yes. <laughs> and, and the funny thing is, if you listen to that record, that's Prince saying that part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, yeah, like, I mean, they was driving culture. They was driving fashion. Is that just like you? I remember I went to the, I think it was called TJ, TJ's for a man with a woman on his mind. That, that, <laughs> was, that was the commercial for the store. All my Seattle people know, my real players know what I'm talking about. That was like the pimp shop. But I remember like they sold the baggies and shit. And the only reason I know, I know this because. This was also around when the beaded jacket was the Michael Jackson beaded jacket. And I had, I had to have that. And TJ's was the only one who sold the pleather version that my mom would even afford to want to buy me, but they had the baggies. And I remember being in that store and they played, um, grace, you know, one of the B sides (laughs) from this album, they were playing that. I don't know if it was on the radio or what, but I remember hearing that. And I was like, in my mind, like, this is the Morris day store. Like, you know what I mean? Like, because everyone got their baggies from that. And, and, and so just let's say like, I mean, Prince and Morris had their pulse on the culture. Like they was driving that. Um, and Pooh, man, what's your thought? Well, 
I hope you guys are going to forgive me. At the time that this was launched, I was only five Uh-oh. years old. <laughs> sure. So I have no frame of reference at that time about, not, not let alone the time, but most of the tracks on these songs. I came into uh, knowing 7779311, go ahead, shoot the messenger. In a little-known album dropped by Tupac in 1995 ah, yes. uh, with the song With Your Phone Number. I don't know why Prince approved that sample, but he did. <laughs> Maybe he thought it was just... Because uh, Actually, didn't... Uh, I could have sworn uh, Michael Bland said he didn't approve it, actually, but... Oh, well, I, I'm just assuming I, I he did mistaken. because it got released. Sure. sure. Yeah. Who's going to go up to Shug and say, like, nah, you ain't putting that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go ahead. I'm That's a good point. Good point. So, yeah, uh, when, when I heard that, I was like, God damn, this is ill. And then as I began my, uh, my odyssey into uh, the Prince music, them, and, and getting past, because uh, all I knew at the time it, it was, of course, um, Ice Cream Castles, you know, the songs that played in Purple Rain, as well as the Pandemonium album. So then going back and discovering Cool, discovering Get It Up. I, yeah, I didn't know about Get It Up because when they got, uh, go ahead, shoot the messenger again. TLC. TLC, <laughs> exactly. Not mad at you. Not mad at you. I, uh, when, I, when I bought the Poetic Justice album, it said writer Prince. And I was like, Prince wrote this song for TLC? And then, you know, my brother, he's like, no. They, it's a cover. The Times did this. Then why does it say Prince? He said, I don't know. But as far as God. So, you know, when I, when I got to uh, 7793.11, it just was a, a huge banger. You know, Tupac, well, I shouldn't say Tupac. The producers who came up with that, they admirably put out a really dope song. But, man, when you hear the original, it's just so, like, in my opinion, filled and it's just so much musicality, musicianship within it that you're just amazed that, God damn, this was put out in 1982. Because again, at the time, I'm just turning 17, I'm not having a, a strong frame of reference to understanding all of this music. So when I hear, what's your phone number? I'm like, that's dope. Then when I hear 779311, I'm like, they was doing music like that back then? What the fuck? <laughs> Again, you got to forgive me. I'm 17 no, no, no. at the time. I don't, I don't know this stuff. I don't know any. I don't have a, a real frame of reference. So like even today when I'm still going back and uh, like I'll put in samples on Spotify, on Apple Music, and I'm finding out that uh, Two Life Crew was sampling a lot of their music. I'm just like just blown away that... You know, the musicianship was just so great to put together these songs that you're thinking that only someone in the 90s that, that's, that's seen and heard all this was able to you know, get pieces here, get pieces here. And it's like, nah, they got it from one song, one mm-hmm. song, mm-hmm. you know. So that's, that's the one thing I, w- I, I wanted to speak on uh, the music of this album is that how great it is because you're learning how in the mid 90s they're getting this from this person this bass line this drum beat and then you're learning nah it's one song and when it comes back to, now I bring it back to the time when i was finally able to get a hold of these songs yes illegally lime lime wire was the shit back in the early 2000s <laughs> i mesh I, I got at the end tail end of napster i found out about napster like uh, maybe two months before i got shut down 
<laughs> so going through these things, I, I just was like, I just astonished because I was reading about how not only first it was oh Prince helped with producing, he helped with the music, and then find the truth starts coming out. Nah, he brought Morris in a little bit, and he wrote and produced everything and played all of all of the music. You know, he's, there's still debates on some of that, but for the most part, people are believing yes, he did play most of these songs. And you're just amazed that. Um, how, <clears throat> again, Mike, as you were saying, during 1999, which to me is, I would say, kind of a futuristic sound, how he went further with his synth and coming up with uh, the, really refining the Minneapolis sound. And then you go into uh, Vanity Six, writing all of that lyrics and, you know, having, you know, something sexy, not trashy, you know, no one too many more problems. And then you go to the time where it's just so playful. While at this, that's that's the thing that I really have to tip my hat to. It's very playful. It's not taking itself too serious. He's having fun, but the musicianship is just so top notch, wild and loose. You, that could be a throwaway, but as you keep listening to the song, you're just like, God damn, you're really grooving, and he's taking you through different sections of the music. Seven 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 ninety three eleven. Some people argue the greatest drum beat program. Well, I thought it was him actually playing it, but now it's definitely got to be one of the greatest drum programming ever. The Walk. And, I, and, and I, that's a stock beat that came on the machine. <laughs> and he was able to put layers upon on it to, right. to really make it his own, and people were just like, God damn. Uh, when I first heard Gigolo's Get Lonely too, because I heard the beat, I believe KD from the Lynch Mob did did a a, a, a version of this. But when I hear Gigolo's Get Lonely too, I would admit uh, Morris Day did a great job. Well, I say a good job with this because you know he's not known for being a great vocalist, but you feel him. You feel all of that. The first time I heard it, I was like, God damn. He's really making you believe. He's really making you uh, feel sympathy for this player. And again, the music is so top notch. I think, and I probably get called out on it, but I, I, like I think you can look at it. Prince is accused of overproducing um, a lot of his songs, a lot of his albums, and here he really doesn't do it. And that to me is really great because he just lets he put the music out there and let it exist. Maybe it's because he was working with Morris and he's probably like, N -n -n stop it, just stop that shit. And he probably has the guts to be able to do that. No, it don't need no more synth lines, you know, or, you know, whatever. And so I really have to tip my hat to him because the music is great. And he's he's being able to compartmentalize. OK, this is what I want for this. This is what I want for this. This is what I want for these girls over here. And he dropped some dope ass samples and I, I'm taking it from that aspect because when you hear 779311 you hear Jigglos Get Lonely 2 being sampled by these rappers you're like that's a bad motherfucker that's putting out music that stands the test of time all right I love that I love that and I to, just to go back to the whole Prince and Morris Day team you know I also think and I've really been listening to a lot of these tracks over the years and I love the newer songs that are coming out from this period, you know, tracks like Bold Generation, um, you know, that uh, the International Lover, it was like Take One or something like that, and getting the information like, yo, that's Prince and Morse, you know, Morse on the drums, Prince on the bass or whatever it is. And I think to me, listening to a lot of this stuff now, and I'm like, you know what, in my opinion, for me personally, 
that's the best collab team that Prince has had, in, in my opinion. Like, the music that they made are just bangers. Like, I, I, and you can hear it in even things like, uh, was it Colleen Bacon Skin? Yeah. Like, that song, you can hear a lot of the basic ingredients that are in all these other songs. You know, it, you can hear it's usually Morris on the drums, doing funky beat or whatever. Prince would just be on the bass or something. And them just locking into each other. They, they sync with each other so well. And I think a lot of these songs benefit from that. Because you can hear, if you really listen to some of these songs, and, and if you listen to the headphones, and if you can kind of get past, not, and I'm saying this nothing in a bad way, but when you get past like all of the great flourishes and like the, the synth lines and different little guitar licks that Prince would throw on all these songs and really flesh them into full songs. I mean, you can you can really hear the core of it's just the drum and you can hear Prince's bass playing. And even on some of these songs, you can you can faintly hear him talking or calling out sections or or he'll get excited and he'll grunt or something. You can faintly hear some of these things in the songs. And sometimes I'm like, man, you can actually really hear the core of these songs. Like you can tell, like they probably just started as drum, bass, and then Prince came back at another pass and, and played some guitar part over it and just kept layering, layering parts onto it to what it becomes this thing. But to me, all of their songs together are just dope. Like, yeah, Jiggles Get Lonely too, The Walk, uh, Wild and Loose, uh, you know, uh -oh, was it Party Up? I mean, all the songs that they seem to do during this time are banger. Even the songs that um, I don't know if Morris plays on like Summertime Thing. I don't, I'm not sure of that. But even the song, or even the songs that they choose not to use during that time are still dope as hell and are bangers later. Uh, again, New Power Generation, the song. I was like, when we when you first heard that bold generation, you're like, damn, it's really the same song, but you can hear the the nineteen ninety prince sort of putting his sprinkling his salt and pepper over it. But the essence of it, that shit was banging. <laughs> like they could have legitly just had put that shit out back then. Would have been another cold song you'd have been playing a timeless type of song. It, it it bothers my mind what was the thought process where they were like, nah. We don't want to use that one, man. Go ahead and put that one day. I'm going to be somebody on there. <laughs> I don't want y'all to have too many hits, nigga. But, but no, I was saying, I think the collab of those two brothers, man, back then was bananas. I don't know whatever it was that they brought out of each other. But I think you kind of nailed it too, Ant. Like that, that fun. That's what I think it is. Like I think they just vibe together so good. And Prince seemed to always be into that Jamie Starr voice during the songs that they did. And I think that spawns that whole Morris sort of character that we know on, on records and stuff. And I just think that, that, that fun of it is so, and, and then being funky and like, no, we just doing the funky shit or, you know, the, the or the real R and B ish, you know, the slow jam type stuff. I, I just think is that they were just so locked into that. And it just, I think that's why those songs will always, they always work. Like you, it's, it'd be hard to make those songs sound corny, even if somebody was to cover them today, unless that person is just kind of corny themselves. You can't really you, you can't make the bird be corny.
You know what I mean? I like, don't know. I think Justin Bieber could. Well, as I'm saying, you would be a corny person <laughs> unto yourself, but the song itself is a banger. Like it's uh, it's gonna get you going to get up off the you know the the walk the way boom 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 boom. That's just pimp shit. Like you would have to be mad whack to 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 mess that up. Because if you just how could you not be in that groove? You know what I mean? Like it's, it's seven seven nine three eleven. That's a monster groove. You would, it, it's, you know what I mean? So they're just like timeless type of songs. Cool. Another, you know, it's just like, man, you can't mess that up. If, if, if you mess that up, you don't really need to be on the stage or you don't need to be on the mic, period, because it's, it's, it's just laid out for you. But I just, but I feel like, too, that's why I said, so I feel it's important that they're they're really told that yo that is prince as well so i'm saying like those albums like the time and i'm just speaking on the what time is it album need to be just as you're special editioning the prince records which you should those are just as important in my opinion like it, it sometimes it puzzles me when i hear people like i don't i don't like the time i'm like how could what? you not like the time and you're a bit in there a prince fan I'm like, how do you not that is prince that's probably Prince at his most unleashed funkiness. You know what I'm saying? Like, if he sang that song, you'd be all over it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's the same shit. But but I think it's because of the way it was branded to us, the way it was presented to us, we think of it as some sort of separation. When in fact, there is no separation. Like, it, you know what I mean? Like, I can, I can you only imagine we, we did our whole what if thing. What, what if... Prince was like, no, nah, just put my name on it. That's that's a, that's going to be the next Prince album. I'm going to put two albums. I'm going to have 1999 album and I'm going to have an album called What Time Is It? Or, or whatever, you know, the Wild and Loose album. That's just for the street. You know, well, all of his shit was for the streets at the time. But like, I really just want that to be for the club. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's going to be my super black, black record. That's, that's banging out of control. What would it have for the culture? It's yeah, for the culture. You know, yeah, right. Or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I just want it's just six songs that's banging. Like, I'm not gonna answer no questions about it. People would lost their goddamn mind. We're like, this. They already knew he was a bad motherfucker, but then they've been like, man, it was like, man, stop. Just that's what I think too. Like, if people would have known he was doing the print or the time records, even if it still came out at the time. I think that would have even been stronger. I don't think it would have took away from the time uh, from the audience perspective. They would have been like, y'all, Prince is a bad motherfucker. Like, it wouldn't have, because back then we were all debating like who was better. It wouldn't have been no debate. It was like, yo, Prince is a bad motherfucker, man. You know, it's interesting that you bring that up, especially the evolution of the producers. Now, I understand Prince was an artist a musician and a producer but when you look at dr dre you look at pharrell you look at uh missy and timberland you look at kanye west where they got their start they, they were doing producing well i know dre he was doing some of the rapping but doing the producing but you you know that dre's producing um <clears throat> beats for mary j blige and e pharrell had all those hits before he uh put out nerd and then his own solo album kanye was doing the blueprint and then he came out with his stuff it's just kind of interesting how that evolved where now the producers um are the biggest names in music they can put they can go i'm gonna go work for real i'm gonna go work with snoop dogg this 
time or I'm going to go work with Jay-Z for this album and then I'm going to put out my own album then I'm going to go back to produce it it's just really different how it, it was really interesting to see how different the, the music has changed with that with the producers being front and center out there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you know it, and I can understand I suppose why Prince wanted to you know keep these things separate but it's funny on one hand I feel like he is also the person who would want to be like you know, because he puts on his record, it was written, produced, and like he really wants to be known that he does it all. But I guess he didn't want to make it seem like he was in front of all these other groups, and maybe he just wanted to brand himself as a crossover artist and didn't want to be bagged into I'm just a black group, you know, artist like the time or something. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm just guessing at that. I'm not saying I know his mindset, but here's another guess, and you know, send your hate mail to me. What if it's possible he didn't have full confidence in these songs and in these albums for these artists? And just in case they didn't, hey, I said, what if? Uh, what if they, uh, you know, they flop? He's like, well, my name ain't attached to it. I, I don't, I don't see that, but I, I suppose you could say what if. But nah, I mean, I mean, he was no. a taskmaster on these groups. So <laughs> to me, him, him saying I'm doing all the music is to guarantee that no it's gonna be banned because i ain't let nobody else have a hand in it Good point. you know what i mean like and then when y'all get on the stage you're gonna do what i say to get you know i'm gonna work you to death until you get it right so i don't I, I wouldn't i think he had total confidence in it just for whatever reasons he wanted to you know have a separate sort of thing about it but yeah i mean like i said now though yeah the, the, those the, those songs are so important you know, they, they go into the evolution of where his sound goes. They are part of that. They're not like some separate things that don't matter. Like you can see him get, continuing to get better because he was working on all this stuff, right? It's, you, you don't just go from controversy and then just jumps into 1999. No, you're going through the time stuff. You're doing... Uh, vanity stuff there's an evolution to it all so it all matters like so that's what i'm saying like if you're going to do a special edition and you really want to show the progression of the work like they show you these other versions of the songs and then you hear songs like uh rearrange and you're like oh okay i can hear how uh, little red corvette you know you can hear little some of the segments are the same so i'm saying the same thing like this album goes right into showing like how he gets to where he is you know so they need to have that same spotlight on those. People need to hear those records and even the ones that you knew about before now having the context to know like, yo, that really is that dude. You know what I'm saying? Like even that's what I said. If I was in charge of the state, I'd be like, listen, maybe you don't have the budget to do a full out release physical, but, but let's take these time tracks. We found some of his versions of these songs. Shit, we'll just do a digital release. But these songs is important. Like these are cultural songs. Like these songs are a big deal when they came out and they still are to a lot of people. It may not have been super pop hits, but for a lot of people, you know, like I said, 779311 is a quintessential Minneapolis print sounding record. Like that is the base. You know what I mean? Like all of that stuff. And that is the, that's the print sound a lot of people think of. So you know, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned um, it being quintessential and meaning a lot to, to people. I believe I think it was the Shade Room or it could have been another person, another Instagram account. They put up, you know, what are some of the most famous 
um, phone numbers and songs. Mm. And like they had like six examples all since 2000. And it was hilarious to see Snoop Dogg, he commented 777-9311. And it was just like, yep, there it is. And it's just amazing how it's influenced a, a big enough star like Snoop that he saw this IG post and was like, nah, I need to respect Prince and what he put out. Yeah, wow. and, and and Snoop goes on to work with Morris. Like, you know, um, again, and, you, and like you said, you can hear a lot of them West Coast rap songs from the 90s was pulling from a lot of that time stuff. Uh, I think Snoop did a version of one of the time songs. I don't think he got the vision to come out with it because Prince said no or something like that. Are you talking about Cool? Not, I mean, it, Pimp with, uh, from Sugar Free? Maybe. It was, I, yeah. There's a video of Snoop on, on video talking like, man, Prince is a sucker. He didn't... Right. It, was, it was that song okay. it actually they it got radio play i want to say for about a month and then it was just gone yeah. and it come to find out uh because this was like 2003 2004 song was dope song was dope as fuck. i don't care what anybody said sugar Fee, he killed that he killed that and uh i guess uh prince was like nah can't use that for this yeah i mean and as i'm saying it was a lot of, and I know on the West Coast, I know all over the country, but you can hear a lot of West Coast rap songs, even some of these sort of quote-unquote gangster rap songs, where they were very much, uh, you know, influenced by the time and that music of that period. Even Tupac, I mean, there's a number of Tupac songs that pull from Prince songs and or, hey, he's got a song called Thugs Get Lonely Too, which actually is called Thugs Get Lonely Too, and it's a sample of... Uh, if I was your girlfriend from the Zion Times movie, is the actual music of the song, uh, which is funny to me. But, but yeah, man. So the time, I just think that material, and specifically this particular album, and just the way this album sounds and the musicianship was tight as hell. And you listen to the walk, and they get into the breakdown part, man. You'd be like, this. This is maybe just two people playing this. Like one person doing the drum, and then the rest of the band is tight as fuck. And you're like, no, that's one dude. Like, think of how the pro the recording process is something like that must have worked. Like, you're doing a one pass with you know maybe Morris on the drums and Prince playing the bass or whatever he's playing first, and then he's got to come back, have the whole song in his head to know to play. Okay, I'm gonna play the guitar part. Um, this album also features the funkiest Prince piano playing, in my opinion. You listen to the way he plays the piano on these songs. Uh, uh, one day I'm going to be somebody. Not one day. Uh, what's the song? The last song on the record. I don't want to leave you. Man, the piano playing on that is nasty. Um, but just the fact that he had to be locked into himself when they kick into gear and go into start jamming. I was like, man, this dude was a genius, man. <laughs> He's a mad scientist. It's like, banging them out so the, the other thing and so then going into this is what i wanted to say so you have the whole time you know of course they have another album after this which is their biggest album i would imagine ice cream castles album with purple rain the walk and jungle of Love. and of course we know that they broke up after this point morris left and this has lead us into talking about the family a little bit hold it hold it hold oh i'm it. sorry you got something go ahead if we're getting to the family, yes. uh, one thing about uh, the What Time Was It album also is Jesse told a great story on um, 
I think Questlove about why the, that album cover is what it is without the band on it. Mm. And when they saw the album cover, they all been out of shape. And Prince said, look, you want to be caught by the visual of the album cover. And he referenced Ohio Players' Honey, which had the beautiful woman on the cover, covered in honey, no sugarfoot, and the guys anywhere. And on the cover of the What Time In His album, you got Morris striking the iconic Morris pose in front of a wall full of clocks. And to this day, anybody that looks at their, their watch and makes that face, you know where they got it from. Mm-hmm. Everybody does it. And that just really stuck. And it was also good as a good humorous part of that whole time situation back then. Because everybody was saying, what time is it? And doing the, old, the watch thing, oh, man, it was great. That was great marketing by Prince. Yeah, yeah, that's iconic, man. The whole, the whole thing. It was just like, um, sometimes, sometimes I always was like, man, what if those albums got the same push? I like, I like in the nineties, R and B really got that pop, mainstream sort of push, marketing push, and the budgets and stuff. And I'm like, man, what if they would have, if his album would have gotten that, it would have been an environment where they was got that same type of mainstream push because it's just like the album is fire the, their style was dope you know the way they carried themselves the look of them it was brand new it but it you know it kind of just stayed in you know back then they called it black radio and didn't really get to see didn't really conquer pop radio like that because it just you know it, it just wasn't the, the 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 market wasn't ready for that at that time yet but i often wonder like to me, it, it, it would have been just as, as popular as Prince. And, and you see that because from their shows, they were just as popular as Prince, right? From the audience perspective, you know, Prince is kind of like, yo, I don't want y'all performing. Like, <laughs> it's too, y'all blow, blow me. I'm not. So I, I would imagine, like, they could have been way bigger if it, if it had came out in, under a different circumstances in a different marketplace where they really allowed these groups to get the same type of push as some of the other groups that weren't quote unquote black artists at the time. Cause, cause what they were doing was phenomenal. I mean, then years later when it does get that mainstream push, what they do, the bird and all, and then they become icon, you know, like everyone recognized, Oh, these guys are dope. I'm like, yeah, they, but they had an album before that was really actually even better. But yep. again, <clears throat> yep. you know, the marketplace wasn't going to allow them to, you know, just weren't allowed to really flourish like that. But uh, yeah, they were, they were a monster group, man. That, that was, a that was the one group. disappointment about Purple Rain, or actually the following tour, was they weren't on it. Because I just assumed when the tour was announced, like, oh, we're going to see the time. It's going to be great. Yada, yada, yada. And no. Never happened. That yeah. was a missed opportunity. Yeah. And so that so that's, that's, let's go into the family uh, album here. And... Uh, and this album, man, this was what, 1986? 85. 85, I'm sorry. You're right. Wow. Woo. 1985. And this album has remnants of band members who were in the time, right? Yes. You got St. Paul, who was really a newer, he wasn't in the original time group. No. He was in that third iteration, well, in the third album. Barely featured. He's in the back. 
And shout out to Paul. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, that's my man. Matter of fact, he hit me up yesterday. So shout out to Paul. But uh, Jerome, who we knew Jerome, right? He he became one of the main faces of the time because of Purple Rain, right? Jelly Bean, the drummer, mm-hmm. right? And okay, you're like okay. And to me, when I listen to the song High Fashion. You could that to me that would be a prime for a what if story because you could I can imagine that that would be Taylor Murray for Morris Day. Like the way he's singing it, the, the it sounds like the pimp would be singing that song. The the, the Morris character would sing that type of song. I, honey, uh, more, you know whatever he's. He, I, I'm like I'm flourish, custom painted plaid. <laughs> you know that would have that's Morris to the T. Come on now, stop it. Right, and then it's a funky ass record. He's undeniable, you know all the, the chicken scratching. It was it's an elevated more again the progression of Prince's production is continuing to keep you know getting better and learning new tricks and things, but it's still that funky type of record. Like yeah, they, this is this shit. Like you can high fashion, you can see him dancing. I, I was like, man, this is Morris. This could have been the time song. So I was like, okay, I, but of course there ain't no, you know, Morris is not here. So we gotta get somebody else to do that. But where it gets interesting is, and actually on the Prince version of high fashion that has been leaked for years, Prince says something toward the end of the song. I, I'm trying to remember. I think he says, you took, he just says it once and we'll go to it later, but he starts to say it. So you, you can hear like, huh? You don't really know what's going on. But the next song, Mutiny, which it goes right into, is essentially Prince's probably first diss record. And it is an entirely dig, in some ways, to the time. And Morris and uh, Jesse, matter of fact, because he says his name in it. And it's interesting because it's like, man... I look at that song now and I'm like, he's like, okay, I created this thing. It became big as the time we blew up. The whole camp blew up. I'm on a whole other level. Stuff happened. Those guys are gone, but I still want to do this thing. Like I could still do this thing. But now again, to me, from my recollection, this is the first time you get a petty prince on record. Like now I'm actually going to go at these cats on record. And to me, that song is like a diss to them. You know, I'm taking, he was like, I'm taking over. And then like in the Prince version of the song, you hear him say, Prince says, Jesse? You know, he kind of has that sarcastic way he said. And then he says, uh, and we've talked about this before, but he goes into their, Morris, you took, did you give? Huh? Did you give? And which is a reference back to uh J- uh, Morris's last performance with the time mm-hmm. where he says that to Prince specifically there's the whole uh, middle part of the show where Prince or Morris is just talking on stage and he's you know I thought you think he's joking but I guess he's probably very serious in the stuff he's saying and he's like yeah Prince you took but did you give and as sharp and as petty and as Prince you could see he's one of them cats that he ain't gonna forget nothing 
<laughs> oh, you was talking. Yeah, I ain't forgot. You was talking shit. And this was at this point, that was a few, uh, maybe a year ago or more. But he remembers that to say, nah, I'm going to put that in this record. Even though he ain't even on this record no more. Yeah, I got something for your monkey ass. Yeah, Prince does have that memory. Yeah, and, and, and he can be very, he's very, you took, did you get more? I was like, wow, okay. And it took me years to, to piece that together. I didn't catch that. I didn't know what the hell he was talking about. Well, of course, that Morse, the, the, the time show hadn't been leaked, so I had no idea what that was. But then watching that or listening to that time show, and I say watching it because they did show it at Paisley Park uh, at the last celebration. But listening to it, I was like, wait a minute, I've heard that in the, the family songs. Oh, this is what's going on. But it's just interesting that, yeah, the family sort of comes out the remnants of the time. I guess Prince still, like, yo, I still, in my bag, I still have these funky style. Like, I want to get this type of stuff out. Oh, boy, ain't with me no more. Okay, I'm going to do it then. You know what I'm saying? But then I don't know if he's, and again, I don't know the history of this. Some of these Prince scholars can jump in and, and break down like, you know, was the, the high fashion in the mutiny written specifically to be on the family or were those songs that he just did? And then once he got the idea for the family things, okay, yeah, these would be perfect on this. Like, and I'm going to get the rest of the brothers to, to be on this and let me get St. Paul. Let me get the white dude to sing these songs. I'm going to get that. I think he said, I'm going to get that Duran Duran bag. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you know, um, but it's just, it's, it's funny that it sort of spawned into that. And, and when I'm, and I'm saying this in the, again, in text of, uh, historically, they need to, it's important that they put these songs in, in spotlight, these stories. It's not, I mean, they can, you can look at it now and be like, that was, you know, yeah, that was a funny period. But yeah, even back then cats, they had beefs, they had disc records. Even Prince was going in, you know, but he still made them fun. They was funky. And then he got somebody else to sing. Them. But he didn't take that part. Out. But it's interesting is he left his part saying that dig to Morris in the record because he could have easily just took that off the record. It's at the very end. St. Paul isn't saying it. And I wonder if he even knew what that was in reference to at the time. But he left those in there. Um well, with that said, I gather my thoughts. Uh, and Pooh, what's some of your recollections or your thoughts on the family record? I know we've talked about it before. And of course, you know, they have the big song that compares to you. But some of the other tracks. And is it something that you find yourself still playing from time to time? Uh, the, I, the only song on this album that I find myself playing a lot is Screams of Passion. Uh, mm -hmm. I remember uh, 2010, I was working the marketing agency and one of my co-workers uh, that's when i found out that she was a prince fan because and uh and a deep cut prince fan because <laughs> she put screams of passion on and i was just like what the fuck because everybody in the office knew i was the big prince fan and n nobody else knew this song but i was just i just when i, I heard it come on i was just i peeked around my cubicle i was like kate that's you she's like yeah I like how you know that song. She's like, what you know about that song? I was like, oh, okay, okay. So that's how we kind of bonded. <laughs> she, uh, Kate's Kate's a white woman, so the white woman checked me. <laughs> like, what you know? I was like, whoa. So at, at that at that point, yeah, go ahead and clown me, Mike. 
I became a fan of that song, you know, being introduced to it. That's that was my introduction to Screams of Passion. I, you know, I finally got the family album. I went through it. I heard nothing compares to you. I won't reiterate my uh, opinion on that song. Of course, you know, from um, Prince playing Mutiny in concert, definitely had an appreciation for him. More so uh, Prince's version than the other one, than uh, than the family's version. Uh, but Screens of Passion, when I first heard that one, I was like, oh, okay. I kind of like it. And I, I prefer the, I think it was the eight-minute version than the uh, um, than the, the, the shorter uh, version that, that is on it. So that's the one that I always uh, point to. And I think, um, yeah, it did get a video, but it definitely didn't get enough play because I feel like I, I just really like the, the layer. It's a, it's a very, again, multifaceted uh song like there's this little thing that goes it's just weird I, I i don't know if i'm saying it right but it's just it's just all throughout the song and i just hear it from time to time thinking like who the hell just does that because that's like a a nail scratching sound but prince put that in, put that in his song and it works um the the uh the duet with Susanna and uh saint paul not a fan of saint paul but it works here, and I think the way the uh, Prince uh, had them do their vocalization on it, I thought that that was really great. I like their version than what I've heard of the the Prince version, which I ended up sending to Kate <laughs> later. I like, hey, I know you like the song. Here's Prince's version. She didn't like it either. I know nobody cares, but I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> so yeah, that's the that's the song that I go with. And and uh, we'll go to to Big Sexy. I'm just looking up. What's interesting is the. Ice Cream Castle's album came out July 9th, 1984. Uh, most, I believe they started working on it in March of 83. But just in, in context, Ice Cream Castle comes out July, specifically July 9th, 1984. The songs on uh, the family's album, specifically High Fashion, he recorded that June 27th. It started at least the initial tracking of 1984. So he's working on these songs actually even before that time album even came out. So there couldn't have been any thought to, I, I'm again, I don't know, if I'm not in the mindset, I'm, I'm the expert, but you would think that he's not thinking even, as, is he thinking at that point before the release of the album? Oh, I'm going to just, I'm going to make these songs for St. Paul. He's going to re replace Morris. Well, of course, it couldn't, it couldn't have been because it, they just he's just getting ready to put out the time album. So I think these songs are just things he had in his bag. You know what I'm saying? Like he's still in that 1984. I'm still bank, you know what I mean? Like doing these bangers. But he had these, he was working on these songs even when the time was still technically a group. They hadn't even put their last album out yet. So it's very interesting. Like he had these bangers. At just his normal repertoire, like, yeah, okay, what's the next song today? Let's get it. You know? Cool. Okay. Uh, yeah, mute. Now, now let me go back and look up Mutiny, which would be very interesting because then that would mean he was ready to go on, go go in on Morris <laughs> really early, right? And here again, Mutiny is uh 27th of June, 1984. So that's very interesting. It says uh, vocal overdubs by St. Paul were late summer of 84. 
So maybe during all of this time in the camp, he already knew Morris wasn't fucking with him no more. It's like, okay. I ain't even, y'all, I'm, I'm gonna go still, you know, your album's coming out. But yeah, let me get at this. Let me get at him. <laughs> let me get at You took, did you give? Got you. I got you. I got you. I'm gonna have it in my bag. Watched. And, you know, again, I'm just thinking his mind, he was like, okay, this might not even come out for another year. But right now, oh, you ain't with me no more? Got you. Let me get in on the track. Let me. So that's very interesting. Like, there was, it was, a, there was a lot of stuff going on at that time, but you can see how early and how fast he works. And, you know, the, the, boom, that's on record even before they joint came out. But that's for later. But I'm already I'm already plotting on the next on the next group. So man, man, Prince is Prince is a cold piece, man. Prince is a cold piece. Big sexy, I think I was I don't think we got a chance to hear from you yet in the family. You know, <clears throat> as he said, the, the album comes from, you know, the remains of the time. And I remember when it came out, I'm looking at Susanna and I had no idea of her involvement with Prince at the time. I, I did not know. And I'm watching the whole thing, and I'm watching the video, and at some point, I don't know if it was in the video, but at some point I see Eric Lee playing or holding a bass. I'm like, the hell? And initially it just looked like it was thrown together, and then I got the album, and I listened to it. I'm like, okay, I see where we're going here. You know, like you said, high fashion, clearly a time song. But at the same time, you have the instrumentals, Yes, and Susanna's Pajamas. To me, as I listened to it last night, that's like the groundwork for Madhouse. And I thought, okay, we got two things going on here. Now, at the time, I was all about the balance on that song, about desire and... Nothing compares to you, because I was in the middle of this thing with this woman, but anyway. And we played those songs constantly in the middle of quiet time. And so that's what that's what I think of immediately when I hear those. And then I thought the album had a nice little run, you know, considering there was no tour and not a lot of support behind it other than that one video. I thought it did okay. Then I look up one day on Video Soul, I see... St. Paul singing Rich Man. I'm like, well, what the hell, man? You know? Now, Paul left for his reasons, but I think the family could have gotten a little more mileage had he remained in, in the camp. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. It, it, yeah, I mean, the album was a banger to me. Like, again, you know, they'll probably have the parade special edition at some point but to me it makes no sense that you can't go from uh round the world in the day to parade you have to go from around the world in the day to the family because the evolution yeah. of yeah. that music production yeah, and agreed. the claire fisher strings that's yes. a big freaking deal <laughs> like that's how that's a like oh this is where it's to me like Listening to the family's album, excuse me, that actually would be the soundtrack to the Cherry Moon, in my opinion. Like, yeah, yeah. that that whole thing it just seems like it just that's that style, you know. It, 
to, to me, it's just like this is an important move production wise for Prince, that album. And then that bleeds right into Parade. But adding those strings prominently to those songs like that, it just takes it to a whole cinematic level that you never heard with Prince before. It's like, whoa, this shit is dope. Like, I mean, he's got, so he's got those bangers on it, but then he's got these, you know, the, the, the lush sort of uh, you know, desire to me is, that is, I love that song. River Runs Dry is dope. Boom, 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 boom. It's actually to me, like, I can see that being, go with me here. I could see the time doing that song. Cause it, to me, it sounds like more of a orchestral, I don't know if I can say the word. Let me say it's a more cinematic version of my draws. If you really listen to like the beat and it's a live drumming and he's got the drum machine on it too, but then you add in the strings and all that, that's on another, that's on some next, that would have been like with Morris, he would have had to be on the cover on some like, uh, super CEO Morris, you know what I mean? Like he would have had the, the, the jet playing in the background, like, okay, he's balling now. Like he's on some next, he's international player as opposed to he was the hood pimp dude. Now he's the, inter, now he would have been the international lover player. How long I fly, break down, baby, never run dry. You know, it would have been on some play like, oh, he's on the South. Again, he would have been on some Christopher Tracy. He was like, oh, okay. He on some next level they overseas with it, getting white girls, you know, which was Christopher Tracy type. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what that song I was like, okay, I could have seen them doing this. And then, yes, and Suzanne's pajamas. Listen. <laughs> that would this is why I say they should put Prince's name on them songs. Cause them songs are bang. That and listen, if you think about it, if they would have just dropped Suzanne, this is take Suzanne's pajamas. If they had dropped that as a B side to a Prince record and it had his name on it, Cass would have been like, "What?" <laughs> All the musician cats, the jazz cats, even if they would have been on their nitpicking, oh, that ain't re- well. He ain't because it's, it's too funky. But they would have had to give it up. Like, yo, that shit is fat. Like it's. Listen to that record. That's probably one of Prince's most bass, EQ'd, sonic sounding records. Like they don't sound like nothing else on his catalog. If you really go, if you go listen to that right now, that shit is thick. I don't know who mixed that. I don't know why his other songs don't sound thick and rich like that. But that's on banging, funky. You would have, no one would have, would have ever expected, oh, he can play that shit too? Oh, man. Um, they'd be mad. They would have been, but they would have had to give him his, his like musician props, like up front. Because that sounds some other shit, man. Like if they would just put his name on it, like, yo, that's a Prince record. He just, he just gave you that. Like, he, but I thought he was the pop and, yeah, man, he, dude is, he a genius, man. Even yes, if they had put his name on that, man, that's the same thing I would have, you know, I said the same thing about Madhouse. If it would have just said, this is Prince's jazz record, 
would there have been some haters? Oh, it's not real. Yeah, but you'd be like, damn, he's playing the drums on that? He's doing this? Yo, he's a bad, he's doing it by himself? He's just got one other dude? Forget about it. Yeah, he, they wouldn't be like the pop star. They'd be like master musician. <laughs> like, who is this guy? You know what I mean? They were already like, who is this guy? But they'd have really been like, man. <sighs> Stop it. So that's, to me, that's what I say. The, 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 the family album, if they just put, just put Prince's name on it and, and put his versions on it, it, They'd be like, man, I didn't, I didn't know this was really him. I thought he maybe just played a little bit on it. Nah, man, that's this a cold wreck. Like, huh? How does it? How was he almost sit like a throwaway or something? You know what I mean? Like that's how dope he was. So I'm just gonna say the family album is banging and salute to Saint Paul. They did their thing on it, but when you hear them Prince version, uh, 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 I know I'm just like scatter mutiny. When you hear the version of Mutiny with the bass playing on it, because they took the bass off the album version, stop. Bang! It's <laughs> like, what is this? And they would have been like, yo, this is Prince. And you'd be like, oh, this is Prince going at Morrison? Oh, he's a fool with it. Because then Prince obviously was feeling that song because he played live, right? He's playing that song during that time. He's like, nah, I ain't gonna let this one sit. This song, uh, this person, Nick. <laughs> Jerome, <laughs> get over here. <laughs> That's my man. And then he again that Petty Prince, like, in a matter of fact, the brother who was singing this song, I got smoke for him too. <laughs> Punk of the month. <laughs> Prince was wild, man. <clears throat> I remember when Jake's turned me on to that. You know, he said it was at a Paisley Park performance. I'm like, okay, cool. Then I saw it. I'm like, dude, <laughs> they are on stage. Not at Paisley at um, First Avenue, calling him out. Yeah. Paul, punk of the month. Like, wow. On the song he sang on the record. On the song he did, exactly. Which is also a dig at Morrison. That's like a double disc record. He was like, man, he got, he said, I got smoked for all you. Get up on stage. I mean, that's a cold move. Like, punk, that's your, just imagine if he was the artist today. Like Dre or something. Where's Snoop at? Bitch, nigga. Nah, bullets will start flying. <laughs> nah, it, but I'm it, just it'd, saying. Be like, it'd be like Jay Z performing still DRE and then clowning Dre and, and Snoop is doing it. Yeah, and then call him out. Like, where they at? <laughs> Bitch, nigga. <of> the month. <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> nah, I mean, well, it, it, it's so it's not funny, but yeah, if Prince and them came out today and it. Yeah, it it would have probably spiraled into some foolishness, right? Like been fighting or somebody, which which is crazy. I, I don't know about that. I don't uh, think well, they were you, about that life. You, you, well, apparently Prince was about that life, right? Because you've seen that leaked footage from the rehearsal where he ran up on your boy, who hasn't been seen since. <laughs> okay, he'll be out. Uh, I well, there's, seen there's, this. there's two. There's, there's two examples, right? If you you can read the the Brown Mark book. <laughs> Prince was obviously about that life. He put a foot in his ass <laughs> when playing the instrument. <laughs> and then you have, there was that new tour rehearsal where him and Miko got into it and 
Prince Raid, Prince act, act like he was from Dim Hands University. Like, damn all these, <laughs> you know, let's get it popping. Like, huh? I'm gonna sit your ass down. So I don't. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he probably, he probably, he was on some foolishness. Now that's and I know. How dare you? <laughs> I'm speaking facts. Go check the. You, if you choose to believe what Mark said in his book, you can argue with him about it, and you can go look at that YouTube video yourself. And it's been documented before, so I'm not making up nothing. Okay, uh, I'm just saying. Can I get the uh, search for that video? Because I want to see this. If I, I'll try to find it. I'll try to find it, but it's out there on YouTube. It's a, it's like a, it's a whole rehearsal for that show. It's very grainy mm-hmm. footage, but you go toward the end and you turn it all the way up, and you, <laughs> you can see they was about to, he's about to get it popping. <laughs> Prince ain't no punk, man. That much we know. Not a, he ain't no, he ain't no punk. Now he might got, he might have gotten washed <laughs> if it actually went down. I don't know. <laughs> He might have been on his say I, say I was about to go I was about to go start telling jokes and let me stop I know I know my audience on Prince can be very sensitive so let me I almost stop shout out to Tory Lanez but um, yeah man well let's get back to what I'm saying so the Time album I, I the Family album br- brilliant piece of work like if you had and a matter of fact on my Facebook I was talking about this album earlier this week. And somebody commented, I think I posted the song, yes. And uh, one lady commented, I had never heard this before. I was like, oh, this is great. I was like, well, check this one out. And then I posted the link to the Susanna's Pajamas. She's like, oh, some more new music for me to listen to. And I'm like, dope. Like, there's still a lot of people who are not super princed up like we are who haven't really heard these songs and listened to these albums. And that's why I think it's important that we keep pushing them out and talk about them because they're dope as hell. And then if you really look at it in the context of when they came out and you're like, damn, this dude did this too. Like, this is phenomenal. Like, and then again, you'll be like, I've heard, yeah, nothing compares to you. Big hit. I know that song. Yeah. But look at the other songs he had during that period as well. Like they're better in my opinion. So yeah, the family album deserves the deluxe treatment. If nothing yeah. else, deserves to be at least released on streaming because it actually is not available on any streaming service. And you'd be hard pressed to find a physical copy without paying a lot of money. Not to <laughs> say it's not worth the money, but I'm just saying. Like, no, I agree. They need a complete re-release all the way around on yeah. that one. Yeah, I mean, it's just like. It's quintessential Prince. I mean, it has one of the, it has one of the biggest Prince songs on it. Nothing compares to you, which they've re-released that song numerous times, even in the last couple of years, right? Put out his version. So I'm like, shit. If you if you can put out his version of that song, why not just put out his version of the whole album? And, and again, if, if, if they might. Well, it's not going to be a big seller. Fine, do it digitally then. Yeah, yeah. If you can put out all these sort of obscure re-releases of twelve-inch uh, singles and all this other stuff, uh, they don't—they don't hold a candle to the magnificentness of this album. <laughs> like, why wouldn't you put this? Like, this shit is bang. Like, again, it's just—it's a beautiful record. It's a beautiful record as it stands with 
Susanna and St. Paul and all that. And it'd be even more beautiful if you just heard Prince's version of it. Because we, us, if, and if you want to sell to us fans, if you don't think we wouldn't gobble that up, you'd be crazy. We'd be all over that. And we can argue all day about, oh, man, that, that's, that's, a, that's a great album. Great album. Like just, ah, I can't say enough. But uh, yeah, man. So I know we, we kind of was somewhat over the place, but we started with the time. What time is it album? Again, I'm saying that's one of his funkiest pieces of work. It could be debatable, but I'm, that's for my opinion. You guys may feel different. And also every the, time I ahead. hear, every time I hear uh, 777-9311, I go right to Jimmy Jam at Red Bull University. Mm. Telling that story. Jimmy Jam. What are you doing with your left hand? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, man. You know, just to cycle back to when we did our what if show the last time, and we were talking about if he kept jamming Lewis. And last night I sat down and listened to the Pandemonium album again. And I'm like, in reality, they have an album together, <laughs> right? There's an album that has songs that are produced by Jam and the rest of the time members. And it also has songs that are produced by Prince all in the same record. So it's totally believable that they could have kept, you know what I mean? Like it all worked together and, and they obviously super stepped up and brought some bangers to the table. And so did, obviously so did Prince, right? Like, uh, I was like, man, I, I forgot uh, Pandemonium. Okay, I, uh, Pandemonium and, and Jerk Out. I was like, okay. Uh, sometimes I get lonely. I was like, they came, they stepped That's up with cut. that. Yeah, they, <laughs> they came up. And uh, one of my favorite songs on, on that album, though, probably actually, aside from Summertime Thing, is uh, It's Your World. That song is banging the bass on that. Bring it in. Man, I just love that that those Jimmy Jam little horn lines. A lot of that kind of remind me of some of the sounds from Control and stuff. But I was just like, yeah. God, they this yeah. was great. Like this, I was like, man, they brought it. I was like, okay, banging. And yeah, man, it's just uh, let's, let's, uh, brothers, all them cats, man, are just are just dope. Uh, that's why I do this podcast. Uh, them cats is dope to me. Any last things you guys want to add to any part of this conversation? Uh, this is off topic, but I found two new tour rehearsals. One's two hours, another's three, so I'm trying to find this fight. But okay. yeah, those albums are dope. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Um, well, man, I guess we're going to get ready to get up out of here. I'm sure I want to read some good stuff in the comments about this. Salute to, and, and now if we said a salute, to, uh, we didn't do it in our roll call at the beginning, but salute to all of the YouTube comment people and people that leave comments on the, 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 the videos. I don't get a chance to read all of them, but I definitely see them come through and every once in a while I'll jump in and be like, oh, okay. But I love it because you couldn't leave a comment if you didn't listen. And you also took your own time out of your busy life to comment. And I respect that. You know, even if it was a dig or if it was positive, whatever it is, I respect it and I appreciate it. So thank you 
for contributing to this and keeping the conversation going. Um, we definitely appreciate you. Big sexy. You know oh, go ahead. <clears throat> I think at some point, and I know this just happened, I think, with uh, the Angela, but I'm looking at the track listing for Pandemonium. I think we need to jump back into this one at some point. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, you can't, we can't, can't comment enough on these albums, man. Everybody has a great perspective and different takes, so I'm all for it. Um, with that said, Big Sexy, where can they find you online, sir? Uh, the same usual haunts. Uh, Facebook, Mark Wiggins. Instagram, Mark Wiggins 2. And Twitter, WSE Mark. And a shout out to my Ends of Court group. They uh, printed a nice write-up about uh, my retired and departed mentor in their newsletter this month, and I had no idea they are going to do it. So I was really, really nice of them. All right. Aunt Pooh, where can they find you, sir? Find me on Twitter and Instagram at Aunt Pooh. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you already know it's time for us to get up out of here, but we'll see you next time. Work it like a job. Peace. <laughs>